0: So this morning we talked about legalism and spiritual freedom. And when you receive the, the Sermon of Galatians by faith, you will understand what this nuclear reactor of the Gospel is. And of course, there are many aspects to this. But first of all, you would, ha- you would experience authority of speech. And your prayer will become become more powerful. And like in the beginning of, of this service, I prayed out loud, and my prayer shot out like like um uh like like, like a machine gun. Is Lupo better? Does fever go away? This is the authority of the saints of the Lord. And when you realize how much power and authority you have, you will be able to overcome every any spiritual um, atmosphere or environment. Even when you're surrounded by the lions. When the, when the lions of the mountain gather and all other creatures all other creature living in the forest will stay silent and cower before uh, their presence likewise we as the children of God should not be under their influence and should not be uh, tormented by evil spirits when they try to come and torment you you need to prepare yourselves to fight back. And you have to say to them, you, you wait and see. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, get my uh, revenge against you. And right now I can believe the words that are coming out of my mouth. So what is the world that it that it has uh, power over the children of God? And this is a this is a rule that you need to understand. That God has given you His power and authority. It has been you have received it as an inheritance as you listen and receive the message of Galatians, let the nuclear rank gospel appear within you. So chapter, chapter 5 verse 2 through 15 also talks about um, freedom and it uses the metaphor of circumcision to illustrate the properties of freedom. And right now Paul is ex- it's, he is explaining the 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 side effects of living by legalism. Because the more you live by your own thoughts, the more your life will become bound. <laughs> If you drink poison, then immediately you will die because of that poison. But in our city, there's a there's a lake, a little spring called Shinri Spring. And the water there is very polluted. And so if you are sick of your husband, then this is the way to um, assassinate him. What you have to do is uh, steam your rice with that water that came from that polluted water. And of course, that your husband will not die immediately from from that from that feast. But slowly, you will start to kill him by poisoning him through his food. But you need to be thankful that you have met a good wife who is not willing to do this to you. Likewise, when you live under legalism, this is what is happening to you. Slowly, you're poisoning yourself. So living by your own thoughts and living by your own ways is a shortcut to
1: death.
0: And spiritual people are able to see this. And they will not make a decision that is not uh, coming from the Lord. The Bible says that the righteous will shall live by faith, and that is the only way of life for us. But many of you who do not know of this freedom do not know how dangerous it is to stay in, in your current state. So let's look at the word. It says first mark my words i paul tell you that if you let yourselves be circumcised christ will know of uh, be, uh, be of no value to, uh, I, to you at all <clears throat> So legalism, legalism is saying that even though we have received salvation by faith, you need to follow the law in order to complete that that salvation. And so the people of the Galatian churches, uh, church, the, the Galatian church, are saying you need to be circumcised and follow the law in order to be perfectly saved. And like I said before, you need to believe that God did not create create us to be workers. God did not make us so that we need to continue to work and labor in order to uh, to to mature working and and working is only possible when you're wearing the flesh it has nothing to do with the spirit and it has nothing to do with eternity what belongs in eternity is your relationship with the lord and uh, and and the grace that he gives you People, humans by itself, cannot be an eternal being. But when we live with the eternal Lord, we also are a part of His eternity. We by ourselves have no power over anything. We don't even have power to resolve the, the issue of sin. God created us so that we will maintain this relationship with Him. labor is a curse that was given to mankind because of the sin of Adam so the more you live by working the more uh, difficult your life will become Romans chapter 8 also says that, that if you're wearing the flesh then, then every day you're burdening yourself and as you reach the end of your, your, the end of your life, that burden is going to become heavier and heavier and it's going to weigh you down. And only when uh, you're at the brink of death, when you're standing before the Lord, do you realize your faults and your mistakes. And by that point, there's nothing else you can do but receive your fate. Imagine climbing up Mount Everest, if you're carrying a lot of weight in your backpack, then it's going to become very difficult for you at the the end of that race. So it is important for you to get rid of all these burdens, get get rid of all your weight, uh, things that are weighing you down. We are made not to be workers, so stop working for it to stop receiving and acknowledging your bindings and your, your hurts and your spiritual wounds. You, you need to live while maintaining a good relationship with the Lord. If you're not spiritually sensitive, then even though you're living in unbelief, you don't know what sort of spiritual loss you're experiencing. In 1 Corinthians, it says that you are a man of the flesh, and that means you're compromising with the world, you're compromising with other people. And let's say, for example, this is like you uh, receiving like a million dollars. But even though you have, you're happy because you have received this, this uh, million dollars, you don't know how much you're losing because that money is flowing uh, 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 out of channels that you're not aware of. Likewise, when you live by the flesh, when you judge yourself according to your work, according to your achievements, then you're losing all the blessings that God, that God has given to you. And people who are sensitive to the Holy Spirit will be able to see what they're losing and stop that immediately. People like Daniel... When they ran into the he was willing to go into the lion's den. And you don't even need to think that that was a great faith that he had to use. Because never once did he choose uh, a decision, make a decision that is not of faith.
1: Because he was a faithful man, naturally his decisions were
0: geared towards faith. And he did not go into the lion's den thinking that he's going to survive. He went in there willingly because he was uh, he was pissed that Babylon would, is trying to control his actions, control his, his, his devotion to the Lord. He's saying, how dare you tell me what to do?
1: Because Daniel was a man that was un, uh, under the control
0: of the heavenly assembly. He only received order from heaven so he was willing to die he was willing to give his life for his belief and of course god would not let him die because he is a man of faith but the problem is if you're unfaithful then your conclusion is undecided the decisions that you make in your life will decide your ultimate fate in the end. Right now, God is leading, guiding your lives right now. He has given you all the money that you need, a million dollars. People who live by faith will be able to, to, to multiply this money and become a billionaire. But people who do not, who are unfaithful will lose all the money that was given to them and end up being, uh, going on, uh, living on the streets. This is our appearance uh, before the Lord. You need to continue to live by faith and receive the abundance that comes from God. When you live compromising with the world and living in unbelief will cause you to lose a lot of things and you need to be able to open up your spiritual eyes to see how much you're losing. You need to realize what you are losing when you choose to receive from the world. On the other hand, no matter how much you lose in the world, it is important that you're still receiving blessings from God. And then it doesn't matter if you lose a thousand dollars because God will give you a million dollars. It doesn't even matter if you lose a million dollars because God will give you a billion dollars. So that's why when you live for the Lord's kingdom, you can continue to give to others and let, it, let this blessing flow from you that's why for 34 years i have never kept things for myself i let it flow to others and bless and use that as a blessing for others and god will fill what i uh god will will cover what i need amen so you need to open your spiritual eyes you need to open your spiritual eyes in order to see what is right only when you live by faith can you hold on to things that will last It says, uh, Christ will be of no value to you at all. And through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, He has given us this tremendous uh, nobility and, and glory. He has given us the ultimate victory. But it will become no value to you if you hold on to the law.
1: Because
0: how can you compare the things that God has given to you to the things that the world gives you? It is, un- it is uncomparable. But you lose it. You throw it away when you choose to live by the law. So open your eyes right now and see what you're doing. And when I look at people who say they're spiritual but, but, but still live within the law, I get all... I get very upset. And I'm very disappointed in them. Because I do not realize how much they're losing and they do not realize how foolish their actions are still chasing after the world and some of you, even though I'm speaking to you about these things you you will not be able to acknowledge it I, as the head pastor, I have to look at the lives of my church members and many times when I look at those people I get really upset and disappointed they don't know how much of a loss they're experiencing through their decisions at the moment times I get angry even. How can you be so stupid? How can you be so foolish? Imagine the heart of the father. If you live with the world then you are a foolish man. You don't know what the right decision is. So I said like I said before, what is faith? Faith is, there's a thousand wrong wrong ways. But there's one way of possibility.
1: Faith is choosing
0: that, that way would, that will lead you to the possibility. But what is unbelievable, Even though there's a thousand right ways you can go, You still choose that one way that is going to lead you to nothing. That is unbelief. This is a very uh, correct and a suitable illustration. And that's why I get very disappointed. Disappointed in these foolish people. Look at all the ways that you can go. But why are you choosing that one path that will lead you to destruction? But when you you do not obtain faith, that is what you will do. And the more you hold on to this unbelief, the more you will live uh, by your act, through your actions and, and by your own thoughts. You will fall under legalism. And that foolishness does not stop at you. You will influence your children, and your children will also live in, uh, according to your, your model. And, of course, your relationship with your children and your offspring will also uh, be difficult because of your foolishness. And the sad thing is you don't even know that it's your fault. You don't even know that you're, you're living a tragic life because of uh, this law. Your whole life will be, will be uh, in vain. Because this is the principle of the Lord. That the righteous shall live by faith. Amen? So oh, you need to be constantly filled by faith and you need to enjoy all the benefits that god gives you let's move on to verse 3 again i declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law so again the people think that that they have received salvation through grace but they have to perfect and complete that salvation through the law and the characteristic of these people is that they feel like they're obligated to obey the whole law so circumcision itself the act is not the end they have to obey all 600 plus laws of uh, 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 well, all 600 plus of Moses' laws and to the gentiles what does this mean it means that you have to take responsibility accountability for every area of your life
1: in, in the, in, but
0: first of all, God did not create us to, ta- to be accountable for ourselves. Mm-hmm. He, he made us and He also gave the whole universe to us. He did not create Adam and say, Now you work. He said, I created you to have this fellowship with you. He, he created Adam so that he could enjoy the universe, enjoy the whole world. And uh, our, the reason why we need to work and labor is because of the uh, is, is because of the sin of Adam. But Jesus came and fixed all that.
1: Romans chapter eight says that
0: we do, we are not uh, bound by the burden of sin anymore. We don't live to, to pay off our sin, but rather we pay we, we live for the glory of God. Why do I preach? Is it because I'm a preacher? No, I preach because uh, I preach for the glory of God. There's nothing on this earth that I'm obligated to do anymore but to seek out his glory. I do I do not even have an obligation to feed my children. I also do not have an obligation to pay all the pastors and the ministers of our church. We have around fifty ministers and pastors in this church, and they all have families. And during this Chuseok, uh, the Korean holiday. Our church members are very kind and good, so they gave, they prepared gifts for all the associate pastors. You know, when I look at the presents that they have have prepared, my heart aches because I know that they are not uh, bountiful. But that is our life all of' we don't, none of us have a lot of money but yet the Lord helps us to live He helps us to push through uh, maybe to help the church members I'm going to cut the salary of the pastors in half this month down to all these obligations then i will not be able to survive if you not lived by faith but that is what you're doing you're, you're holding on to these obligations even though they do not belong to you so that's why you're weighed down by all these burdens and you seek out and because you're burdened and always stressed, you, you you try to relieve that stress through pleasures of the world, through movies, through you through videos, through games and through sports. And the reason why you seek those pleasures is because you're weighed down by these burdens and obligations
1: and you need, to, you
0: need to reach the point where you realize that all you have, all that you have been chasing after is, is, is of no meaningfulness. Because in the end, that is not how God created us. We were not meant to be weighed down. We were not meant to hold on to, to, to these obligations. God made us so that we would enjoy His abundance and enjoy His glory. And if you believe that, you can be touched. You can, you can, uh, you can, you can, you can experience joy because you realize that God created you so that you would enjoy this life, enjoy this life with Him. And we are so blessed. We are, we are, we were made to have fellowship with God, and that's why He made us in His image. But since you don't believe that you're made in His image, you seek out labor. You work to, to feed yourself. And you're weighed down by all this burden.
1: So
0: that's why verse 3 says, well, verse 2 says, uh, if you let yourselves be circumcised, Christ will no, be of no value at all. You need to believe only that God takes responsibility for you. He is accountable for you. The result of your actions do not belong to you and God never accuses us of, of being in the wrong when we go through trial and error the only thing that he accuses us of is not believing in it this is the the, the, the uh, terrible uh, the one uh, And because I do not take accountability for my actions, I am filled with confidence. Imagine your father is a very wealthy man. He's a multi-billionaire. But let's say you started a business and you lost uh, a couple million dollars. Are you worried? Are you concerned? No, there's no issue at all. Because my father has has multiple multiple billions of dollars. So a couple million doesn't even affect him. All you have to do is go to father and say, Father, I lost a couple million dollars in my business. Can you give me another more? A couple more? I can request this from my father because I have that relationship with him. If if your father was a multi-billionaire, wouldn't this be your attitude? Likewise, God does not ask us to be accountable for our actions. Father has multi. Uh, when the father is a billionaire, he will not accuse the son and, and rebuke the son for losing a couple million dollars away when he was trying to 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 to, to start his own business. Yeah. But imagine our heavenly Father, who he is the creator of this world, who is the owner of this world. Do you think he's going to be mad at you for making a couple mistakes? Our God is not so stingy and that's why we cannot help but praise the lord for his goodness because we don't need to be accountable and many people who attend churches do not understand this message and they cannot accept it they do not understand that God is kind account- God is accountable for them that they don't have to be accountable for themselves to say how how can that be true that's not right but you guys believe right you believe that God is accountable for you right If you if you truly believe in this, then then the proof of that is confidence. Confidence. You have you have no concerns about you have no fear of failure. You have no fear of of making mistakes. Whenever whenever you're about to do something, you're not worried about what what happens if I uh, if I make a mistake. You're not worried about the result. That is the mindset of those who live by faith. They're not worried about what happens if I fail. What if I lose it? What if I experience a loss? These thoughts do not affect the faithful man. All they think about is—is is all they worry, all they're concerned about—is—is is this the will of the Lord? Is this the right direction? That's their only concern. So people of the Lord are never afraid of making mistakes or or facing failures. No matter what they do, no matter what situation they're in, they are instantaneously and instinctively are able to go before the Lord and ask his will. obligation of feeling accountable for their mistakes or for their for their actions in their mind and spiritually speaking this is very important this is a very important issue
1: the,
0: that obligation and that burden within your mind is much more heavier than you can imagine And when your mind is not weighed down by these obligations anymore, then it's very light, and so you're constantly able to connect with the Lord. And many of you do not realize why you are powerless. Powerlessness. You're powerless because you have wasted your energy in places that you shouldn't and it's the same with guiltiness why you, why do you feel guiltiness god has already taken care he has resolved the issue of sin for you so why are you're tormented by your sins so it, so imagine not feeling guilty anymore. How much lighter would you feel? And how much how, how um, much more your, your powerful your prayer will become? We're not weighed down by the obligations of your sin anymore. So we need to understand what a spiritual life is. So why do you continue to live your lives thinking and acting as if you, you're accountable for your actions, accountable for your sins? And it's amazing it's almost a miracle that you you're able to stay within a church still holding on to those obligations I think there are many miraculous people in this church imagine still living, uh, living feeling that you need to be accountable, uh, accountable for your actions. Those people, you should write your name, and in parentheses write, I am God. I am in charge of myself. Why am I here? Why am I able to preach before? It's because I have casted everything to the Lord. I call him Abba, Father. But out of you, some of you are unable to call him Abba, Father, but Abba, Uncle. You say God is going to be responsible for this, but He's not going to be re- accountable for for my other actions. I have to do I have to do that for myself. Some of you, God is like a like an uncle, or some of you, it's just your neighbor, and some of you, you don't even know who God is. It's just another random person to you. But no, you have to be able to call in Father, and you need to be able. to everything to the Lord, your burdens, past your obligations, everything to the Lord so that you will, you will be free, you will be liberated, you will feel right. This is our relationship with our Heavenly Father. And legalism, and humanism, standards of the world these things when they become a confinement to, in your mind then you will fall to unbelief and there are some churches that actually encourage this behavior that, you, that the, saying you are so holy thinking that you can uh, that, you, that you need to you know, be accountable for your own actions they say, you are a very ethical person. The churches, contemporary churches, do not say that that is unbelief. And at times, I don't even think those are really churches. Once again, God is accountable for all my decisions. God has all the answers to my problems. Our God is good.
1: Our God is really good.
0: That's why we live with this God. And that's where you can live a confident life. Let's move on. Verse 4. You who are trying to be justified by the law have been alienated from Christ. Again, this is talking about uh, completing that salvation through the law. Do not try to prove your 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 holiness through your actions or uh, prove your righteousness.
1: In Genesis, Jacob asks God.
0: Jacob asked us who is uh, righteous but God does not answer him it's because the intention of, of, of Jacob was he wanted to prove he wanted to receive acknowledgement for his own righteousness so if you were not living being clothed by the righteousness of the Lord then you would always try to prove your own righteousness And that's why you work hard to earn money. That's why you study very hard to go to a good university. That's why you work towards success. Because you want to prove your own righteousness, your self-righteousness. You want to say, I'm I'm right. Look, I told you so, I'm right. And for pastors, that means pouring all your energy into, into your ministry. You want to prove to others that my way of ministry is the right way. And then in the end you will get cancer and die of it. That's the result of all your labor then. Because you're you try to prove your self-worth and self-righteousness. That is the spirit of religion. And that's the core of religion, actually. But the will of the Lord, the Lord's Church, and the standards of the Church for from God. And the fact that God is, uh, takes accountability for us. These people do not understand what all these things are. They are only focused on success. They are only, um, only focused on being acknowledged by others. I need to gather more people in the church. I need to build a, a big mega church. You want to prove your self-worth and, and righteousness to the world through um the things that through tangible things and that that is the person that is living under this legalism and the young people nowadays they're working out a lot because they want to form a beautiful body to prove their worth prove their righteousness they want to say I look good I'm in good shape I go to the gym often, and when I go to the gym, I see these people working out, and most of them are out of their mind because they pour 99% of their energy into um, the gym, into carving their own bodies. They don't even realize how harmful that is to their body and also to their mind focused on what to what form to what is a good form how many sets they have to do and what to drink and and take in afterwards especially people who work out you need to be careful of your of your liver because if you drink too much protein shakes that's going to cause a lot of uh, issues to your liver and having less fat having Working out too much will cause you to lose too much fat and that is also very bad and unnatural and unhealthy. So maintaining a certain level of fat is also a good thing for you. Like me. People like her are too skinny. It's okay. If you live with the Lord, you will stay healthy. Let's continue. This is what is what it means to receive justification, being justified through the law. And that's why your life is exhausting,
1: and your life is always
0: uh, unstable and uncomfortable because you're always comparing yourself to others. How are others doing? Why can't I do that? Am I am I falling behind? And this is why social uh, social networking is so dangerous because it causes you to compare your lives with others. And all the evil spirits that we talk about are all within the social network. Immorality, greed, temptation, slander. Look at the commercials that are coming out nowadays never seen an ugly person be the model for for some makeup company the best cosmetic makeup should show people who are not so beautiful turn become beautiful after putting on their makeup you know that that is true advertising they always bring beautiful people already that don't need makeup and they put makeup on them and say look how beautiful they are because of our makeup that's what the world is this is life of being justified through the law do not be deceived by the world anymore do not be deceived open up your eyes wide and live by faith when you live by faith and when you have your eyes open you'll be able to see the schemes of the enemy Let's move on. And Allah just right by the law have been alien from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. So we talked about the penalty of living by the law. But the biggest penalty of living under the law is you fall away from the grace of the Lord. And this is a very serious topic that Paul is talking about here. If you understand what Christ is, Christ is king. In Psalm 1, it talks about uh, Jesus being Christ. Jesus is Christ, but He is also the Son of God. But if you have fallen away from this relationship with Jesus Christ, then that means your whole life is meaningless because you're falling away from Jesus Christ. So if you're living by the law, then you have stopped all the blessings, all the connection and all the the abundance that is coming from the Lord. And immediately you are relying on yourself to live. These people, you start... uh, uh, when you make that decision, instantaneously you are accountable for your own actions and decisions. And then you mistake people who, who are successful in the world to be, to be righteous. No matter how great a person is, no one on this earth is able to be fully responsible and accountable for, for their sin. No matter how great a person can be, that person will die when they get cancer. And no matter how much money a person has, if you take away that money, you will see that his true nature. And why is that? It's because we're not meant to live like that. That is not the meaning to our existence. And it is, a, it, it is the most tragic thing for you to fall away from the grace of God. And the worst thing that you can hear from God is, do as you wish. If God says, do as you wish, do whatever you want, then that is the worst judgment you can receive. That is the most fearful thing you can hear from Him.
1: The best On the other hand, whenever
0: you do something wrong, if God comes, comes to rebuke you, then that means God, is still car- God still cares about you. And He wants you to return to Him. But if He stops to care about you, that is the biggest judgment that you can receive. So you need to realize how big of a penalty you receive when when you follow the law. So what is grace then? Grace is something that is given to us in order to live. Then what is grace? Of course, we cannot fully define what grace is. But the closest definition that we can come up with is it's a gift. Man was ma- man was made in the image of the Lord, and so we need to live uh, with with the things that God gives to us, which is a gift. So when you're living with the Lord, you should not try to reach. You should you shouldn't reach out your hand to take things for yourself. You need, in order to receive a gift, you need to empty your hands, and so you have to constantly empty your hands you order to receive more from the Lord. Because God, because God continues to uh, give His give, give His grace upon us. So you need to prepare your hands to receive it. This is the characteristic of those who live by faith. And living by grace means you're living a very light life, lightweighted life. Because you're not weighed down by concerns. And you're not... Uh, and guided by temptation to possess. In Philippians 3, uh, Paul says that I'm holding on to it, but I am not. This because as soon as he receives, from, receives it from the Lord, he lets it go. And as soon as he receives it again, he lets go. He is constantly preparing himself to receive another gift from God. Receive and let go. Receive and let go. You continue to receive this endless uh, chain of gifts from God, and people would live by grace their characteristic is that they always are anticipating something from the Lord. They're always excited to receive more. Oh, what is God going to give me today? What more can He? what more has He prepared for me? If you have this this desire and if you have this anticipation, that means you you, you know what it means to live by grace. The people who have lived with... People who have lived with the Lord for many years, sometimes they lose sight of that anticipation. They no longer try to receive from the Lord, but try to live off of what they have already received. They try to possess the gifts that were given to them. And they lose all hope and lose all excitement. He made a joke. <clears throat> Anyways, is your heart pumping for the Lord? Are you filled with excitement? I'm a pastor. But I'm I'm always excited for what the Lord is gonna do in this ministry. What is he gonna do? When new things are gonna happen? How is he gonna change that person? I am filled with this anticipation. What, what what new glory am I going to experience
1: what
0: how, what kind of new people has god prepared for me to minister this is the characteristic of those who are living in the grace living a life of grace but if you live off of what you have received then you use energy in order to protect your possessions. And that is the, the, the uh, desire for security. Then your blessings were
1: stopped
0: Because you, we were not meant to, 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 to live with uh, these possessions. When the five desires of the Book of Habakkuk starts to work within you, then you will not live a life of grace anymore on the other hand, if you start to live by, by this uh, by this grace, then these desires will fade away. Because you have no reason to hold on to your own name. You have no reason to hold on to security. And then you become very light. And you need to maintain that state of being very lightweight. And so you need to keep yourself lightweight because if God tells you to go there, you need to be able to go there immediately. But people who are bound by these desires, they need to to protect themselves, they need to protect their name, their possessions. You know, even though there's nothing going on, they, they, they're very, uh, they're very uh, stern. And they're very weighed down and serious all the time. Let's continue. So, are you living under law or not? We need to live by
1: grace.
0: And this excitement of living by grace needs to be embodied within you. And it's very, it's very, uh, it's very amazing to be able to receive these gifts from God,
1: because that's how we were meant to live
0: so you need to offer this confession lord everything was done by you you cannot boast of yourself because nothing was done to you nothing was done by you everything is connected with the grace of the lord everything belongs to the lord isn't that so and the more I mature and live with the Lord, the more I, can, uh, I cannot help but confess this to the Lord. Lord, I have done nothing. All was done through the grace that you have given me. And His grace is amazing. It is His gift. Did I receive this great uh, Chinese interpreter through my own effort? Or even though she's not that good looking, it's fine. As long as she's able to translate, it's fine. You're the best. You're the best Chinese interpreter. Why aren't you translating? we even have a Spanish translator. He's a global translator even. We also have an English translator. I'm very excited to bring David to Africa. And even though he's a little short, it's okay, it's okay. This is grace. How else can you define it? All oh, this was achieved through grace. Now let's move on to verse 5. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. And this is a very important statement. Let's look into it. First thing that we need to re- resolve Korean, it is translated to the Holy Spirit. In, in English, that is Holy Spirit.
1: But um,
0: actually, the word Holy Spirit is not written a lot in the Bible. Mostly, it is written the punuma, which means the Spirit. I think I have explained this before
1: was it during yeah, was it, I think it was during the exposition
0: on first John
1: Lord.
0: but when when <clears> we talk about the spirit we use the word punuma pr- 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 var- p- but when we try to define uh, when the Bible uh, wants to explain to use the Holy Spirit they use the article, they put an article before punuma pr- so it's the punuma pr- the spirit so what is the rule then? The rule is if there's an article before Purnuma, then that means it is uh, defining the Holy Spirit. But he, but the, here it is not. It does not have that article, so it should be translated to the just Spirit. But many people translate this to the Holy Spirit. But uh, the apostles wrote the these, these books with with this clear
1: uh, intention
0: to separate the Holy Spirit and the
1: Spirit.
0: And Punoma cannot be written in the plural tense because our spirit and the Lord's spirit cannot be called the same. So that's why pneuma is used as a singular, but the article is not present before this word, before the word prenoma. In Romans five, it says, "Through the Spirit we put to death
1: uh, our flesh." So
0: it means when you rec- when your spirit is connected with the Holy Spirit, you're ab- you're able to nullify the power of death today as well this is not talking about the Holy Spirit but your spirit and that spirit is the new self new self which is under the dominion of the Lord so there's no article and that is very important and I have have, uh, talked about this before so. so this interpretation is very important you cannot understand this uh, this verse uh, as the holy spirit that you need to receive the holy spirit because when you change these little things it, it changes the whole meaning of the bible god works when god works in you when you receive the holy spirit and sometimes when when they when they translate the bible wrong it seems like the Holy Spirit ignores our freedom of will which is not the case but anyways this is resolved next we need to talk about something
1: mm.
0: So faith here is written in the genitive case. So the translation should be. It means we have to rec- we need to receive the Holy Spirit to possess the faith. This means that the more you're willing to let go and empty yourself to receive the Holy Spirit, the more you will fill that space with faith. In Ephesians 2, 2.8 it says, Faith, faith is a present, faith is a gift. Faith is something, is something that you cannot create. It is a gift that comes from God. And who decides the, the portion of that gift and, it's that, the, it's, and that, that decision is made by the Holy Spirit within you. He knows exactly how much you can receive. So we have talked about this many times before. You do not be lazy in the task of emptying yourself. And why is that? There are many reasons why we need to do this. It's because the more you empty, the more uh, portion of faith you can receive from the Holy Spirit people who do not empty themselves cannot receive much faith when we look at the gospels our, our Lord talks about the faith in, uh, in many different ways he says why are you faithless some people can, can be completely faithless it's because they do not have a capacity to receive that faith and another, another times he say how come your faith is so small what does that mean it means your portion, your capacity for receiving faith is little, and your spirit can be defiled. It become it can become polluted, and that means your faith can also be beca- be contaminated by this pollution. of faith is not the first issue it's that you need to receive this pure faith from the Holy Spirit because when your spirit is uh, is polluted your faith will also be polluted alongside it and faith is life
1: do
0: you not think that the re- that the faith you have received will stay pure with you no matter what you do you can now say faith is 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 set that it is same all throughout its its uh, its form. The Holy Spirit knows exactly how much you can receive in your current state, and He decides the portion of your faith according to how much you have emptied. In that sense, faith is a gift. This is the relationship that the Holy Spirit has with faith. But if you are not, if you do not empty yourself, if you do not maintain holiness, and if you live according to your own thoughts, then you are faithless, because faith cannot be given to you. It cannot be applied to you. Bible, the, the Lord says, even if you have a, a, a faith the size of a mustard seed, that was still, God was still able to work through that faith. And when faith is applied, all things are possible. But people will live by their own thoughts constantly. They live by the standards of the world. They live according to their own situations. Then the Holy Spirit within you cannot decide how much faith you, you can receive. Let's say somebody hates you then you have to let go of yourself. And the Holy Spirit will, will see what you're doing and, and and allow you to receive faith to love that person. And it, it, he, and the Holy Spirit works in this way all the time. Whether it's uh, money problems, whether it's uh, relationship problems, it is up to the Holy Spirit to decide the portion of faith that you can receive.
1: So
0: in verse 5, through this faith we are able to receive this righteousness. gives us faith so that in, no matter what the situation may be, we'll be able to hold on to this righteousness and hold on to the hope of the Lord. Let's say you don't have money and you, and you allow the Holy Spirit to work, and the Holy Spirit will give you faith and He'll tell you to stop, stop, and be patient, and you, you will be able to uh, prepare yourself to receive um, the Lord's answer. And this, this is how the Holy Spirit operates within you. Let's say you're in the midst of ministry. You need to heal somebody. And the Lord will give you the authority of, of healing to, to minister that person. But first, He will give you faith in order to act, uh, in order to, to engage in this ministry. And all the things that come, those the spiritual gifts and all that will come through this faith. And so you need to always maintain this relationship of righteousness with God. And relationship righteousness means you're constantly emptying yourself, emptying yourself of your own thoughts, emptying uh, yourself of, of all your thoughts and your expectations and your own experiences. Let's say somebody hates you you do not immediately hate that person back but rather you let yourself go and you empty yourself so that the Holy Spirit can decide your portion of faith and give you strength to love that person this is how the Holy Spirit operates in in verse 6 it also says the same thing for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor non-circumcision has any value so in Jesus in Jesus your actions hold no meaning being circumcised or not possessing or not possessing it has no meaning. No matter how much you possess, do you possess more than the Lord? No matter how much you can do, do you, can you do more than the Lord? So in Christ there are no there's no meaning in your actions. It's because you you live for yourself and you you live under the law that you put meaning in your actions. You put meaning in the success of others. And it's because your standards are not in the the kingdom of God, but your standards are in the world. So either you become powerless, you feel powerless to others, or you feel prideful and you oppress others. No, your only standard should be God. Because God is accountable for me. And in, and in his eyes, legalism and all of the things of the law hold no meaning. And the v- verse 6 goes on to say the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. So faith. The word faith in Greek is pistis. And love is agape. So if you if you interpret this this uh, verse, it means that faith will work through what? Through the state of possessing love. So what does this mean? So we interpret it together. First five and six together. It means the Holy Spirit decides our portions of faith and he, and 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 that is expressed through the love that is the love that comes from God. A, so if somebody hates you. Let's go back to that analogy. Somebody hates you. But when you're able to let go of your, your anger, you'll receive the faith of the Lord. You'll receive His love and His hope. And with that love, you'll be able to love others, love that person that hates you. What does it mean to live with the Lord in righteousness? Ninety-nine percent of the time, He will tell you to prepare your bowl of faith, your capacity of faith. And the more, the more you empty, the more He's going to fill that, that that portion with His faith. And in that bowl that you're prepared, He you will also put His promise and His covenant with that faith that he has given you, you will be able to proclaim and fulfill this promise that he has given you. This is how uh, the Holy Spirit offers within you and this is how you maintain your relationship with the Holy Spirit. So, what do we need to... So we need to put value in make, to, to put value in receiving the space so that we can receive his love and in order to do so you need to let go of your possessions, let go of your temptations, let go of all your desires and fully empty yourself so that the Holy Spirit can decide your capacity of faith and when he gives you this faith, you'll be able to overcome you'll be able to overcome any situation and any of your problems that may arise. Uh, power, anointing, and spiritual gifts all come from your portion of faith. So I should rely on the Holy Spirit. The more things you put into your heart, the more things you shove into your spirit, uh, the less the Holy Spirit will be able to decide how much you can, how much faith you can receive. So even though the anointing is being poured upon you greatly, your your channel for receiving that anointing is very narrow and very small because you're not allowing the Holy Spirit to decide your portion for you. Why is that? It's because you live by your thoughts. That's not. This is different from being spiritually dull. It has nothing to do with being spiritually dull. It's because you're not. You, you did not allow the Holy Spirit to decide your portion of faith. You're not allowing Him to work within you. Some of you are like that. You need to break your your mind. You need to break your thoughts. Or or if you don't do it, then uh, you will continue to hinder the work and limit the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is a very important revelation that Paul is mentioning here. And because Paul himself has experienced this through his spiritual life, that's why he can uh, explain it in these words. And when I look at um, these these um commentaries many people get this wrong because I have lived with the Lord also uh, that's why I can clearly explain this this principle so the most important thing for us is to be in the state where we can receive from the Holy Spirit to maintain that relationship of righteousness with God and allow the Holy Spirit to decide your portion of faith when we talk about faith, we need to talk about these two aspects. We need to be careful that the faith that we have is a pure faith, a clean faith. You cannot allow uh, doubt and unbelief coming to your faith. You need to hold on to this pure and, and clean faith, a faith like a, a child, an innocent faith like a child. But if you're filled with your own thoughts, then it is impossible for you to live a life of faith. You need to become innocent and childlike. If God says it's so, then you need to believe it is so. What is the second thing? Is <clears throat> that you need to receive a big portion of faith. Because if your faith is small in scale, then you will not be able to manifest great works, great miracles. How do you? How do you? Um, expand your faith in is continuing to empty yourself and allow the Holy Spirit to decide that this person is ready to receive a bigger portion of faith. I have read a book before. And potters, people who make pots, potters. In order to make a masterpiece, they break around 150 pots before finally making a masterpiece. They they would form this pot with their hands, they would look at it at all angles to see if there's any imperfections,
1: to see if it's
0: good. You know, they're all very uh, hot-tempered because as soon as they see something wrong, they would immediately smash on the ground and begin again. And if they find another mistake, then they would break that pot and start over again. And finally, after 150 times, they would be able to make a masterpiece. Likewise, we need to continue to throw away our pots, throw away our pots, until we receive a bigger one. Then you will receive a perfect, uh, um, a masterpiece. For seven verse 7 you were running a good race who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth so the Galatian church was, were running uh, well in this marathon of faith but because of legalism they have they slowly started to fall away verse 8 that kind of position does not come from the one who calls you so the people of the law are saying that is not the right calling. But what is Paul saying? He's saying to those who have been called. Paul is going against uh, the people of the law, saying what they're what they're um, saying, what they're claiming does not come from this relationship of righteousness with God. So well, your bodies, you can call your body healthy because of uh, your bodily functions. One thing is, if your blood, if 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 blood is circulating correctly, then you can call yourself healthy. Likewise, if the precious blood of Jesus Christ is circulating within you correctly, then you can call your spirit healthy because that person is always meeting the Lord and encountering God. And this is one of the most important aspects of your life,
1: that that
0: with the blood of Jesus, you're able to go before the Lord and, and meet Him. And when you and and when you're able to pray to the Lord and allow allow Him to come and reign over you, and then you can call yourself healthy in spirit. This is the relationship of righteousness. But if you do not maintain this relationship of righteousness, then you allow an opening for the enemy to come and attack you you lose that chance to receive uh, the solution from God. So that's why we need to maintain this righteousness. And another proof of this righteousness is, is that you will constantly find yourself repenting of your sins. Let's say you looked at a woman and you were tempted. And instantaneously, you would repent for, for that sin. And there are many graces in in Zoi ministry, but we do not fall to the temptations of immorality easily. That is one of the biggest uh, graces of of this ministry, I think. To maintain a state where your spirit is able to, cook, to uh, d- deter yourself from committing these sins. You know, so- so- sometimes you will commit sins that you are unaware of, uh, unaware of. but the Holy Spirit will help you to repent of those sins immediately. And uh, as you continue to do so, you will, you will, you will uh, be able to keep yourself from com- committing these sins unknowingly. And the more you maintain that state, the more, the more you maintain the state of a new self, the less sins you will commit and the, the easier it will become to go before the throne of grace. This is the basics of, 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 of this relationship of righteousness. Through the blood of Jesus, you need to allow Him to help you to repent of your sins. I have talked about this mechanism already during the exposition or moments. When you are aware of a sin, it means the Holy Spirit has let you know of that sin.
1: And when you acknowledge that sin, He will immediately help you to repent of that sin.
0: Because He will help you he pour the Spirit of repentance upon you. And when you are willing to repent, the the, the the precious blood circulates within you to purify you. So this is how the Holy Spirit, the Word of the Lord, and the, the blood of Jesus operates within you. That's why I say these things. Three, three things uh, are one, are unified. Because in every situation, these three elements work together to purify you, to keep you righteous.
1: And this person,
0: as he relies on uh, this water, blood, and spirit, will be able to maintain the state of righteousness and become like Jesus. Every day, even when you when you wake up in the morning, you can meditate upon the the, the word of the Lord and 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 uh, evaluate yourself to see whether or not the water, blood, and spirit is operating within you. And the more you do so, the the more you will be amazed at the, uh, uh, amazed at the function of of of, of this uh, gift. If you, if you keep these three elements at the corner of, of the uh, of the room in your heart and do not utilize its power then it will become meaningless and useless for you verse 9 a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough this is legalism the yeast is legalism in this in this illustration Because if you allow a little bit of the legalism to come into your spirit, then it's going to work through the whole, your whole spirit, and affect affect everything. So that's that is why we have to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and especially be sensitive when sensitive not to receive other things and when you maintain the state of the fo- fullness of the Holy Spirit you will not neglect sin you will not easily let yourself touch things that are evil this is not this does not is not achieved through effort but this is how the Holy Spirit leads us to be Let's say, but, uh, right now, if you have mm, if you have started to neglect your sins, if you just let yourself sin uh, easily, then that means you have become unsensitive and you and you you can no longer see the light. Even though the Bible says that the Holy Spirit leads us from glory to glory, you have lost sight of that glory. So do not let this yeast spread through the batch of dough. And this means that the Galatian church has not yet allowed this legalism to take full control of the church. But they're in the process of, of, of becoming so. Verse 10, I am confident in the Lord that you will take no other view. It means that... The The Galatian church is still uh, trusting Paul and obedient to the words of Paul. The one who is throwing you into confusion, whoever that may be, will have to pay the penalty. Is saying, Paul is not telling, uh, rebuking the Galatian church, the Galatian church, but rather he's rebuking the, the other false prophets that are that are spreading this unbelief and spreading this uh, le- spreading this legalism in the Galatian church. Like I said in the morning, the true proofs of you living by the Spirit means, uh, means you have Spirit, you have um, freedom, and you are holy. Holiness and freedom are always a package. So, if your church is a church of the Holy Spirit, then that means you, your church can maintain its holiness and maintain its freedom. church, we have freedom, but we don't have holiness. Or on the other hand, you may say, we have freedom, but we don't don't have holiness. But that cannot be the case. If your church does not have freedom, then that means your holiness is also battered. Let's say your your church does not have holiness, then that means your freedom is also fading away as well. Because those two are always uh, tied together. I have met these people before they say i know what holiness is but i'm not free but he's deeply confused freedom and holiness always goes hand in hand they cannot be separated verse 11. we are almost at the end here no i've been preaching very briefly nowadays verse 11 brothers and sisters if i'm still preaching circumcision why am i still being persecuted In that case, the the offense of the cross has been abolished. So what is Paul trying to say here? He's he's asking, is it it the law or is it grace? In chapter 6, Paul says that he has nothing to boast of but the cross. in our lives, it is impossible for us to choose both the law and grace. There's a clear difference between the two. And you need to be clear in this matter. Are you going to choose the cross or are you going to choose your own possibility? Are you going to live by your own strength or are you going to live by grace? This decision needs to be clear within within your lives.
1: So right now, power is saying this...
0: this this issue is rising within the Galatian church. They're saying oh, we need the grace of the Lord, but we are also being affected by this legalism. Should we, should we try to perfect our salvation through our actions?
1: <laughs>
0: so now they are reaching a point where it is difficult for them to m- maintain that life of grace. During the when, the when the Israelites were under the control of the Roman Empire, they were they were um, easygoing on on, the, on um, to the Jews, but they were very harsh harsh against the Christians. So that's why the, the the members of the Galatian Church were kind of being affected by by these false prophets. They want to go back to Judaism because they were less persecuted. But that means you're going under the the old covenant. Yeah. Or if you try to mix the two, then that is syncretism, and syncretism is also not from the Lord. <laughs> and Many believers, they never say they are gonna, uh, they're gonna, they're gonna. Um, give up their faith. But they say they want to receive the things from the world and also receive, receive things from God. They want the best of both worlds. Raise your hand if that is you. This is what syncretism is. Am I spreading too many facts?
1: <laughs> you know,
0: some of you are feeling like you're being pulled by a sharp stick. <laughs> So do not think that you can compromise grace with the law and allow syncretism to happen. That cannot be the case. You can only make one decision. You can only choose one side. If you choose one, the other will will, will be gone from you. In Matthew 6 or Mark 6, it, it says you cannot serve two gods. There's no, no, no creature on this earth that can maintain righteousness while being mixed. And starting from the Old Testament to the New Testament, God conti- God constantly says He does not want you to be mixed, and that's why God hates the Korean food bibimbap, which is mixed rice. God does not like being mixed.
1: And there's nothing
0: else in the world can bring you glory other than God. Only God can give you glory. Only faith can give you glory. Only He can lead you to receive the glory of God. Do not be mistaken here. Do not be confused. You want God, but you also want money. That cannot be the case. You can only choose God. You can only choose one. God is absolute. He is an absolute God. And we say God is one. There's only one God. So when you live with the Lord, you're living a, a, a life of monism. There's no duality you cannot serve God and also serve other things in that aspect living a spiritual life is very easy because if you you keep God as the absolute uh, number one the, the only one Lord of your life then everything else becomes very simple because every decision is made by him all you have to do is follow his orders even the matter of life and death is decided by God So what is the kingdom of God? When God is the absolute God and when he is in full control that that area that place is the kingdom of God but when you add other things into it it becomes your kingdom
1: then you're using the name of the Lord
0: and even though you may call on the name of the Lord, it's just words coming out of the mouth. It ha- it holds no substance because you're serving your own kingdom. But when you when you when you make the Lord and make His word the absolute for yourself, then you're serving the kingdom of God. But why is it difficult for you?
1: you?
0: It's because you have not met that Damascus Event, where God became your absolute God and is your absolute Savior,
1: uh, right.
0: or you have met that event, but you have fallen under religion and become mixed. The so people who are who are redeemed and born again, they know how to, they know what it means to make our God their, uh, an absolute. These people do not know what how to serve other things when they're serving the Lord. No, the Spirit of God has been given to us. So how come how could you allow some other thing to come into you? How could you imagine to serve some other idol some, some some other God? So do not Do not set the wrong course for your spiritual life. Do not try to resolve issues without the Lord. Do not try to use the Lord just as a uh, as a, as a source of blessing. You need to be satisfied with God alone. You need to live for God. You need to say, God, you are my everything. So, Lord, if you wish to bless me, then do so. But I want you. I want to serve you alone. This is the kingdom of God. Let's continue. In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. In First Corinthians, First Corinthians, chapter one. I think it's verse
1: 23.
0: We preach Christ crucified assembling block to Jews, a Polishness to Greeks. So to the Jews, to the Jews, um, Christ cannot be the Messiah because he was crucified, because he has died. They say, how can this man who died become the source of our righteousness? To the Jews, this is something that this is a concept that they cannot understand. that's why the Christians in that age were persecuted for their faith, because to the Jews, they were serving a man who has died. (laughs) The reason why some some people try to receive more after they have received the crucifixion It's because they're constantly compromising with the world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And they're compromising because they do do not want to be persecuted for their faith.
1: Mm -hmm. They
0: say, you know... How can you live just for God? Don't you have to enjoy life? Don't you have to enjoy some things at the very least? It's your life after all.
1: But if this habit starts to spread within the church,
0: then the church will start to justify those actions. And slowly, these ide- uh, ideologists will into to the church. And the people who have devoted their lives to the Lord, people who choose the Lord only, will become the foolish ones in their eyes. People start to look down on those who choose the cross and hold on to the cross only. You have to realize that many churches are falling away from holiness does God really want you to live in poverty if you really don't have money then why don't you cut down on your tithes
1: why don't you just give 90%
0: or even 80% of of your tithes then you're compromising the word of the Lord you're compromising the promise of God and even though this is a simple analogy Slowly, the church starts to compromise on these little things, and they compromise the standard of God. Then the kingdom of God fails to be uh, in that in that church. I always say that the correct, a correct path of of, of faith will always be faced with persecutions. If you have difficulty making God your the absolute, acknowledge that, the, that that you have gone to the crucifixion, then it will be easier for you to just renounce your faith. And the more you live in that state, the, uh, the easier it become for you to live by your thoughts. You live. Under the control of your moral ethics or, or your reason and rationality. But people of the Lord know how the kingdom of God works. They know how to to, to 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 stop their own thoughts and put down their thoughts to to follow the Lord. So the only standard in the church should be the Lord. Only the Lord and the cross. If the church compromises on this fact, then it will die. In your body, if one... Uh, if one well, uh, if one information on your, on your DNA is, is different, one genetic code is different, it, is, it will not lead you to death. If, 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 if 1% of the truth is compromised within the church, then that church will, 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 will die in the end, will die um, eventually. So do not choose an easy life. Do not choose according to your own standards. That is the quickest way for you to be polluted, to be for you to become corrupted. You need to set God as your absolute standard. You cannot compromise on this fact. Let's continue to some of you this will be a very difficult pill to swallow
1: and that is a clear sign that you are being polluted at the moment
0: if this is difficult for you to hear then that means the kingdom of God is failing within within you and within your church let's continue Verse
1: 12. 12
0: As for those agitators, I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves. Yes. So, Paul is saying I, he wishes that they would go and circumcise themselves. This is how um, how bold Paul was. He would go out of his way to mock those who are going against the the truth of the Lord. And that's why God could not help but use Paul to change the course of of Christianity.
1: Uh Because Paul
0: has set God as his standard.
1: So he cannot speak
0: of anything else other than the kingdom of God. So that's why he's saying, go and circumcise yourselves. And God uh, Paul knew exactly what was the key to keep the whole the church holy. And that is that the church cannot compromise the truth. And this is the key to how we, the church can receive glory. You to realize how critical and dangerous uh, humanism and legalism is. Verse 13, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. So using the analogy of circumcision, Paul continues to talk about his freedom. But do not use your freedom. But uh, God's calling for us is for us to be free. And we are not free slaves, but rather we are free to be kings within His kingdom. So even though we are made to serve God, we are not serving Him as servants, but rather we are serving Him as kings, as His royal kings. In Colossians chapter three also says that we have been received the calling we have received the calling of peace. So, so he has called us to be kings, he has called us to be peaceful, and he has called us to be victorious. Do not, you don't, you don't, you don't need to think about any other calling other than than these callings, because your calling is to be a victor, to be victorious. Are you called to be a beggar? No, we are all called to be kings. He has decided that calling for us. Amen. So what does Paul say? But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I'm saying this to clarify what freedom is, so that they will not be mistaken. Freedom is not freedom. does not mean you can do whatever you please freedom is the power to to reach the goal that God has set for you that goal cannot be reached through your own strength when you're fully dependent on God when you're unified with God that's when it is possible and because it is possible everything else is possible in God simultaneously everything is also impossible
1: the important thing is whether he
0: wills it or not and in First Corinthians, also talks about this. First Corinthians, chapter eight. First Corinthians, chapter
1: eight. Verse nine.
0: But be careful that by no means does this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to the weak. It was because the Galatian church were, were, were debating whether or not to, to eat the meat that was being sold at the market because all those meat were before the, the were, were given as sacrifices to the idols. But it's fine for them to eat that meat. But if eating that meat uh, causes others to lose faith, then Paul says he will not do so. Verse 13, Uh, Therefore, if food causes my brother to stumble, I will not eat I will eat no meat furthermore that I don't cause my brother to stumble. If my actions cause others to stumble in the faith, then I will become a vegetarian. This is freedom. This is true freedom. Everything is possible, but simultaneously everything is impossible. In chapter 9 also goes on to say in verse 19. For though I, I I was free from all, I brought myself under bondage to all. So with the freedom I have, I can I can go, I can be above everybody else. But if I I needed to serve somebody else, and I would I would be willing to go under that person. This is freedom. So up until now we have talked about freedom in the aspect of the authority of a king. And the authority of the king allows us to love. And with this love, you can decide what to do or not. 10, verse
1: 23.
0: All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are built up. So my freedom cannot cause, cause others to stumble.
1: Do not let your freedom
0: become something negative to others. So does that mean you have to constantly be worried about what to do? No, when you're controlled by the Holy Spirit, when you're controlled by the Word of God, the Holy Spirit and the Word of the Lord is always focused. The direction is always facing the love of the Lord. And so within that love, you will know what to do and what not to do, whether to go or not that decision is made by the Holy Spirit in me, within you me. and the person that can listen to that voice can be called as the free man you do not have to decide for yourself what to do the Holy Spirit will decide all the decisions that you need to make through that love and you all have this freedom so Paul in Galatians is saying freedom is the king but being a king also um, involves the, the love of the king so through that love you can, you can um, make this decision so when you're filled with the Holy Spirit you're also filled with love you, if, when you're filled with the word you're also filled with love and through this love you understand what true freedom is verse 14 For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Do not steal. If you love, you do not steal. Do not look upon somebody else's wife. If you truly love, then you will not fall under these temptations. If, you're, if you' if if you love then you can embrace all
1: so, uh,
0: true freedom comes from love if you love then you will have freedom
1: <laughs>
0: lastly verse 15 if you bite and devour each other watch out or you will be destroyed by each other what does this mean so right now legalism is causing a big influence uh, in the church I'm not telling you to fight against legalism and fight with the people that are spreading legalism. But you can to rub one another, forgive one another, and, and become unified with one another. I'm not telling you to fight amongst yourselves with these uh, different, different uh, debates. So today, we have finished legalism. Starting from tomorrow morning, we're going to talk about syncretism. Starting from verse 16 of chapter
1: 5
0: to Uh, to to verse 26 and then today tomorrow we're also going to finish chapter 6 and finish Galatians are you getting a grasp of what it means to live by faith? we need to continue to become sensitive in the Holy Spirit let's pray